0: Hi everyone and welcome back to The Hard Way. The next three episodes all stem from a single night's conversation with Andrew Nell from Conscious Meat Merchants and Frankie Fenner, as well as Alexander Kyle Scott from Wolf Moto. We're talking burgers, bikes, hunting and booze, because I couldn't think of a B word for hunting. The first episode is all about conscious meat consumption and Frankie Fenner and the Conscious Meat Merchant's quest to get people to think a little bit more about where their meat comes from.
1: We are back, finally. Was that a bit loud? I think that was a bit loud. Was it? Uh,
0: that was a bit loud.
1: That was a bit loud, okay. I got excited. We're back. Yeah. We're back at the bar at Just Like Papa on Harrington Street. The Weibull Bar is back. and It's open, as you can hear. A lot of drinking in public. We all have masks on. Laughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. We, we have masks on and social distancing and everyone's sanitized. So it's all good. We are back at the bar, so we're all excited. Um, we have Andrew Nell. Hi, team. How you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. And you? Lucky, lucky, Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you. And then we have Kyle Alexander Scott. Alexander Kyle Scott. Oh, fuck it. I fucked it up already. No That's one really nice. cares, mate. Um, <laughs> we good. Thanks for coming. We obviously have John here. Hey, I'm here too. That's good. Still live, Still from Milk Boss. Yeah. And things can only get better from here. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's pretty great to be in town with all this electricity and yeah. Wi-Fi oh, yeah.
1: you guys have. And then in the corner... We have a spectator tonight. Uh, Chris from the Cape is back.
2: Yeah, for a little while I'm here. Uh,
1: And and then he's going to leave us like all the other South Africans and immigrate. But that's cool. (laughs) So uh, you can hear hear more about that on uh, John's other negative, I mean, great podcast. Uh, South African expats for the (laughs) immigration
0: curious South African looking about their options.
1: Also, once again, no one cares. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're back um, and we're on the Hardware podcast. And i already forgot where we're going to start, but um, I think we're going to start.
0: Uh, we're going to start off with Andrew and talking about uh, being a conscious meat merchant.
2: <laughs> Nailed the name,
1: <laughs> John. Just tell us quick about that name. Your your opinion about
0: <laughs> <laughs> my very first reaction when reading your SMS: "Conscious meat merchant." That's a horrible phrase. And then Andrew's sitting here, and he's a shareholder in the company with that as their tagline: "Conscious meat merchants." No, the so- actual name. Actual name?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a real name. <laughs> it's a mouthful, just like our meat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just like our meat. So yeah, I'm still kind of. Do blushing. you have
2: shovels for the hole to dig, out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just I like Papa,
0: where you can
1: buy lime and <laughs> shovels. And <whatnot. laughs> um. So yes, what does that mean?
2: Uh, Conscious meat merchants is a is a another business that we opened up. Um, a halal butchery, but our first baby was Frankie Fenner Meat Merchants is Frankie Fenner Meat Merchants it's been around for quite a few years now and we we've been sort of forging the way a long time ago I feel like we were quite ahead of the time back in the day with what we were trying to achieve in terms of meat and uh, celebrating meat as a category and and being able to eat meat with a clear clear conscience and just asking the questions about sourcing and and asking the questions about where things are from um, started with Andy, the founder, who he was a Sam Pellegrino judge for the top fifty restaurants and eating at all these restaurants, and then started to ask the question with the where the food was from and where, where things were from and sourcing and realized very quickly that no one actually could answer. It's from the supplier, it's from Bidvest Foods, it's from the cow, it's from the sirloin. Not really getting a, a, a true answer. And then actually he decided to not eat meat until he knew where it was from. And it took a year basically. Um, and he had, didn't eat meat for a year. And then decided to open this business to actually be able to find a source for meat. <clears throat> when was that this? That was about 2011. Yeah. Okay. So 2011 started in Metal Lane, and just a little little um, side, side street. And then 2014 moved into Church Street in town. And then 2015, we moved into Woodstock where we are now. Yeah. We've got a couple of stores around Cape Town. And yeah, we source um, animals conscious, from around the country. Conscious animals. Consciously <laughs> sourced animals for our meat merchants. <laughs> and then we make them unconscious and eat them. Um,
1: <laughs> don't put that in. <laughs> okay, I have two questions. Oh, everything goes in, mate. Okay. Um, it's, n- it's, the f- it's false advertising, just the tip, it's all of it. Um, <laughs> I have two questions. <laughs> this is your first podcast. Yes. Because you're sweating.
2: I- I'm sweating because I'm hot.
1: <laughs> I think you're sweating like I sweated the first time John came here and put a yeah. mic in my face. <laughs> I'm, I'm also like, guys, is it hot? They're like, no, it's fine. I'm like, aircon on. He's, he's like, aircon off. It's making a noise. I'm like, fuck. My hand's in the ice buckets And yeah. So anyway, I know your pain. So take it easy. It's, okay. it's all good. So I, I remember when I first heard of you guys, that, was there anyone else? like that you can think about in that time, a butchery that, that did similar to what you did?
2: Internationally, we, we had you know, lots of people who were doing this, um, but in this country, the pioneers, you know Farmer Angus was doing it for a very long time. But um, besides that, in terms of like, you know, there've there been butcheries, we're South Africa, we have butcheries everywhere, butcheries across the country and uh, the web of Durbanville. I mean, there's a butchery every 200 meters basically. Mm. But in saying that, it's it's actually not. I mean, pe- most of the meat comes from big sort of feedlots and big corporations, yeah. um, because it's down to margins and running running and getting them raised and getting product into people's mouths as cheaply as possible. Because, yeah. uh, but then again, the category the budget meat shouldn't be a thing. Meat shouldn't be cheap. It's just it shouldn't be. It mm. it it's there will always be room for mass market meat. For For sure, sure.
1: yeah. But what I'm saying is like, so I, I, on the previous podcast, everyone knows, you know, I've go to Grafrenet, come from a small town sort of uh, setup. So there, I'm kind of used to the the farmer or like Fenters, the way we just went to get our meat. You know, they know where their meat comes from. They have a a, a couple of sheep and this and that. But in the city, you're saying it wasn't, there wasn't really anything like that. No,
2: I mean, you'd you'd kind of call up the wholesaler, um, the big, the big corporations and they drop off a box of sirloins or you'll you'll call the distributor and they used to be like meat agents from back in the day who would buy <clears throat> you know primals from What primals is when you cut up a cow you get the steak sections and they cut those into primals and they would just order boxes from the wholesaler and the wholesaler would get it from the feedlot somewhere and that's how it worked right. um without sort of celebrating where these animals were raised and what they're eating and it is a it's a economics thing. you know the guys want to get animals as big as they can as fast as they can in the shortest amount of time because that's what's profitable so
1: true to the word that you're a butcher you actually do the processing of the meat you get it from the farm direct from the farm you know the farm you bring it in and you do all the work
2: we buy directly from the farmers um and it comes to woodstock we process everything ourselves we have we get whole carcasses there which gives us an amazing array of selection of cuts um, in anything you want we can do and yeah I mean it, it, it just celebrates eating whole animals you know when you get that whole beast in your door um, it really leads you to engage with it and you see how little of the carcass people actually want to eat mm-hmm. they're wanting to eat sirloins and fillets and ribeyes mm-hmm. and then you look at that um, in relation to the rest of the caucus, and you realize there's a massive misalignment in terms of what people want.
1: And do you find it uh, difficult to teach the people to, if you put a different cut down, and you're like, this is this cut or this cut, like maybe go hanger steak, or I mean that's maybe a more typical one, but is it difficult to teach people, yo, this is what it is, and don't get a fillet; it actually has more taste, or to tell your story,
2: to stop the red blooded. South African man walking into the shop with his bottle of brandy and By the just, way
1: you arrive with a bottle of brandy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. K- KW it's the first girl. time. First time. First time? Yeah, it's usually whiskey, but yeah, no, I'm happier. <laughs> um, so to
2: stop to stop that gentleman uh, dissuade him from buying his lamb chops, mm. which is the same problem. Mm. It's just what people want and they've never had to sort of No, but I mean, that's what I'm asking is it difficult? Is it Yeah, like it's really difficult because mm. he comes in and that's what he wants to cook yeah. and that's it. Because I've always been able to get it at Woolworths, or I get it at here, or I get it there. Because what I mentioned earlier is the guys will just order in sections of of cows, and uh, you know, like it just doesn't lead to conscious eating, like, yeah. like celebrating I mean, whole animals. So it's yeah. really difficult to change someone's mind when they come in. Okay. But I think people are now, you know, it's been ten years of education. Yeah. Ten years of education leads to people now engaging and walking in, and especially at well, Woodstock Branch, coming in and asking for something, and then. If that's not available, or if things are in front of them, or you can show them where it's from in the carcass, they they definitely are more willing to engage. So that's cool. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good to see a shift in consciousness with people and that's the way a, that they're choosing their food. I've
1: definitely seen that since you guys opened. And like I said, I did not know what the I don't know what the market looked like back then, but I could definitely attest to a lot of my friends trying new cuts and. When you guys put something on on your Instagram or wherever, I, I do see them actually going to buy that stuff. I, when we brought some of the game meat back for you guys, I mean, it flew off the shelves. Where usually, if I have a bride at my house and I, I have game meat, it's kind of like a, you know, is that all you have? Or is that like because usually maybe it's a starter. Which is <laughs>
2: which, which is the weirdest thing in this country. It's, I mean, we'll we'll get into that. What later. do you mean to eat? What? No, why people don't eat game, venison? Oh, That's game! Country. Yeah,
1: that is strange. Yeah, and we've actually spoken. I think we've touched on that before. It's it, it is strange, but I think um, I'm not 100 percent sure if we touched on it w- on our previous podcast with um, Andre and uh, Tudor. But even with fish, it's yeah. like I want tuna, yeah, yeah. or salmon, yeah. tuna and And salmon. you're like, Thanks no, so no. Much. What about this? You mm-hmm. know, and you try maybe this, like a rockfish, or this, or uh, I mean,
2: what's a fish yeah. we have the other than that, Brian?
1: Uh, so that was a skipjack, which is a tuna, but it's a different kind of tuna. It's not your yellowfin or your it bluefin tuna. Delicious. was delicious. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it was also, you, I, you know, I saw it. Oh, let's try this. Oh, me and Chris went to get it. And then we we grilled it at the end of the night and we were like, yeah, you know, we'll grill it. it and the then maybe course. tomorrow we'll e- eat some more or we'll give it to the, you know, the guys at the shop or something. I mean, we sat there just around this like bucket of fish and we just ate it with our hands. We just like devoured this fish. It was so good. And <laughs> so it's a fish that I had to go Google again. Out. <laughs> John, I think your mind is in somewhere I don't just want to go. Over a bucket of fish. It was. It yeah. was just this plate of like Gollum when he eats a raw fish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, it was like that. like that. You know, I had to go Google it again and go. Okay, that's it. And I will now look for that fish. Somebody has to. Do, the woman that was at the shop was like, "That's really delicious. You should try that." And I'm like, "Cool. I'll trust you." And I think I've seen definitely more people that I'm used to going to, you know, spa or willwoods or wherever, or just get a packet of. Ribs or lamb chops or something, and they they now follow you guys or they know we know you, and then they're like, oh, let's try something else. Oh, now it's pecanier or it's a this or that, and it's, I it's different say, cuts. I, yeah,
0: I don't know if pecanier is a particularly esoteric, weird cut or not, but mm. I didn't know about it. And then when I actually found one, someone suggested like, hey, try pecanier. It's mm. much cheaper than sirloin, but it's an incredible like flavor and all that. Yeah, it's got a nice thing of fat on it, and yeah. I was amazed. Like I buy it all the time now, but I have noticed it as it becomes. Ribeyes used to be cheap, and now they're the most expensive steak you can buy. Yeah. Pecanias have also become more expensive over time, mm. I think, as people adopt it. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, people, people's, people's habits change, and, and things go in and out of fashion. I mean, brisket you could buy for, like, nothing a while back. And then Texas barbecue became popular, and now oh. well, we can't keep up with briskets. Mm. It's strange.
0: What are some of the lesser-known cuts that you would say, like, your top three things that no one, no one thinks about eating?
2: um i think i mean yeah beef shin is an amazing cut so mm. slow cook it and pull it apart and use it in tacos or use it through a through gnocchi toast or in a cold in a, mm. on a sandwich it's it's just it's amazing to eat and it's 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 basically like asabuco as we mm. would imagine but it's asabuco is usually i think traditionally veal mm. um but beef shin is is a phenomenal cut there's some secret, secret, sneaky steaks on the on the on the in the fore quarter which are amazing, like a flat iron steak.
1: Mm-hmm. Flat is delicious.
2: Is super, super, super yeah, good. I like. That. And then, yeah, I, I guess sometimes you don't have to go too weird and zany, but mm. like, I mean, a good rump steak is fantastic. People sort of underplay, they're always wanting ribeyes and things like that, yeah. but rump is beautiful. But then, but
1: I think the rump has also got mm. a bad name because all the like spurn, like those guys that have rump. It's always mm-hmm. wrong, but it would always be quite a shitty cut. Any, oh, well, from not a sh- shitty cut, sorry, the right cut, but from a bad sauce. Aged terribly. Yeah. Cooked terribly. Yeah. Cook Actual yeah, sure just tastes better. Negative
2: effect. Yeah. Are we? Are gonna get sued? Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna get
1: sued. Huh? Fuck you, <laughs> Spur. I love you. I'll be back for that burger. <laughs> 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 that dry try burger. I'll see. You. <laughs> oh man, bring <laughs> I'm salad bar back, and I'm back. I'll be back to
0: try and relive some of those childhood memories and be bitterly disappointed once again.
1: (laughs) I've had Spur quite a bit in my life, and I don't think they're terrible for the price. But
2: I don't know when last you've been to Spur. Oh,
1: when did you last (laughs) go? Not Not too long ago, because I think it became tradition for me in a weird way. Like when you leave at the airport, like you go to the Spur and you're like, you go in the, like, shitty smoking section and, like... Yeah, but that's, you, like, you, the last taste of your country. It's, like... Yeah, that's what so and am and and, and and I usually go for the T-bone because, like, they're not going to... Like, even if they overcook it, they will at least be a little bit of rare on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah like, yeah. I already know they're going to screw it up. So <laughs> Why is I,
0: T-bone so prevalent in America, but you never see it... I mean, you, you very rarely see it here.
2: I think it's because people want fillets so much. So... When you're cutting away. fillet out, mm. you you losing – because the T-bone is a bit of fillet and sirloin. So oh, yeah. as you pull okay. the fillets out. Have you yeah. not
1: heard the story? Every time they come to the table, T-bone, best of both worlds. I'm like so over that story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, i heard that. That's weird. But but also, like, if we look at what uh, – uh, and we'll come to it, and I'm kind of going forward in the story a little bit. But when we went on the hunting trip, uh, Wes Randalls was with us, and he cooked these uh, beautiful, technically T-bone steaks, but they come from Jersey cows. And what's nice about that is these, they they're old animals. They've lived their life, and they slaughter them. And people don't want it because it doesn't have the fillet side. Well, it does, but it's the fillet side's super small. They're just not bred to have a nice fillet side. And it was bloody delicious.
2: It was really good. Jersey cows are interesting, so mm. they obviously,
1: but difficult to sell that meat because also need you're to be selling a T bone that's not quite a T, but it's a yeah. <laughs> J bone. It's like a J bone, yeah. J-bone, yeah. <laughs> J-bone.
2: yeah, but Jersey cows obviously they, they need a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's a very different it's a very interesting category we try to we try to look at it and we've got a couple in but they need to be aged very particularly and they yeah they unlike the yields and everything that you get from it doesn't make sense from a butcher's point yeah. of view but but you know the, yeah we're not going to go into the heartbreaking story of the dairy industry no no we won't
1: but but then the thing is in america they've got a ton of meat there mm. and t-bone is so prevalent so it they can charge yeah. enough for a t-bone not to cut the fillet off Right. So, you know what I mean it is, it's is—it's the, the Texas T-bone Yes. Yeah. so they can actually get the right price for it uh,
2: you have to say it like that too hmm?
1: Texas, Texas t-bone. t-bone that's how you order it you so you guys want the rum if, the if you, didn't, you fill it with the T-bone yeah <laughs> it's like Woo. if you go to a French restaurant you have to say it in a French accent because yeah, 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 yeah. they won't understand it you know I can't yeah. speak French but you have to say I go that's probably terrible pronunciation but <laughs> no I think it was perfect <laughs> I, I always order that at Spurs as well by the way <laughs> <laughs>
2: Daddy's secret? Yeah, you
1: gotta go. go. And that's a top tip by Thomas. Yeah, top tip.
2: (laughs) So, but just on the on the the favorite cuts thing, going back to that, like we did realize that you know every time you cut a steak or every time you cut this or every time you cut shin or you know you have these little bits left over, and the best way to use those is to press them into burgers, and that's kind of where that sub brand that we've done Frankie's Burgers. Um, wow. Both the t-shirt. Yeah, I'm I'm wearing the merch. Nice. Yeah. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, wearing the t-shirt on a podcast. I want some money, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I'll Put give you Andrew, how much
1: money do I Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a podcast, cuz now i going <laughs> to see the <laughs> fucking shirt. What a, what do a I? be, in the, on can <laughs> be in the still on the Instagram post. Yeah, I'm taking it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take it off. Um so yeah, I think I think we realized very quickly that to to balance this caucus, cuz everyone wants this little section of it the steaks and the fillets and everything like that you are generating so much trim by cutting and there's this holy trinity of four four burgers you know brisket chuck and short rib that you hear and it's because it's got the perfect fat ratio but honestly if you treat the carcass and cutting with care you can use anything from the carcass it it use the right fat ratio it tastes fantastic and it actually just celebrates eating that so we realize that that is a you know we've always sort of punted sausages and and celebrating eating an animal holistically that way but um burgers are definitely sexier so mm. and people love them
1: yeah we've we, i mean there's shameless punting but uh no I, I mean i get the frank burgers every time we go to the farm we, we we grill it up in the um in the field make a little fire get the burgers going i mean. It's such easy food to make. It's 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 amazing. Everyone holiday. loves a everyone loves your burgers, everyone man. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like a highlight of Alex, Alex, my is, trips. Alex
2: has been for a couple of burgers, Alexander.
1: Yeah. yeah. So is a is a, a lean beef
0: burger because often people are looking for like the leanest mince they can find for some reason. Lame.
2: Is it is it? <clears <clears <throat> I'm Thomas. Has been really good to be on the podcast. I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying
1: last time he completely <laughs> offended people, the people. guys by saying that. Fly fishing was the Gulf of Fishing. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> and he thought it was a compliment or some shit. And then everyone's like, Whoa, 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 What is that? Whoa, mean? who's this guy?
0: <laughs> Thank God we weren't in the room with Okay, them. so that's a crime.
2: <laughs> obviously. That's no, not, not a crime. Yeah, to, to each their own. But I mean, but Bergen what is the
1: what a, is the fat ratio? A, what is a The burger optimal? needs fat. You yeah, need the you need the fat. Like that's just this is a difference between your not quite, but your fillet and your and your like sirloins or your rumps and stuff fat is where the taste is and, mm. and
2: it also binds it yeah. so we, we don't we don't use anything in our burgers to bind them
1: no so glue so
2: no we don't use any glue no, no gelatin no spur does no, <laughs> that's
1: why I like them <laughs>
2: just brought to you by Woody's glue yeah <laughs> no we um, so we basically don't the 70-30 fat ratio okay. like 80-20 70-30 around about there mm. you can play with that um, and to yeah, you need that fat content for flavor and also to bind everything together. It really does hold it all together.
1: I usually, like, I I mean, I remember we were on the farm here yeah, and Chris as well making burger patties and I was like, 20% fat. They were like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, look, obviously that's just adding 20% um, sheep fat, but because then it already still has the 10% on yes. the game meat and whatever. So you you are ending up at your 70-30. And they're like, no way, well, it's too much. And I'm like, just, you can actually make your patty a little bit smaller. You don't have to have the same size belly, but the fat really works. And a lot of it gets grilled off. Like that's a beautiful yeah. part of it as well. You yeah, it sort of not...
2: leeches into the meat and you get that beautiful rendered fat.
1: So like
0: a Wagyu burger, right? So Wagyu is obviously known for having a lot of fat. If, and people always go, oh, Wagyu burger. Is that too much fat or is that still about right?
2: Um, even in a Wagyu burger, you'd probably, you'd probably still aim for that fat ratio. Right. Um, but
1: the meat has a lot more fat in it.
2: It does more into... So you don't have to add as Intramuscular fat. Yeah. But, but also the fat... I mean, I need to stand under correction here. But I think the melting point for, for Wagyu fat is about 38 degrees. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. It renders so quickly. Mm. If you have Wagyu drivels or Wagyu bulton uh, on a hot day, you can literally see the fat like okay. run out of it. Right. Um, so so yeah. How
0: do you cook it differently then?
2: So from what we found you just cook it hot and fast and keep it quite rare. Right. Um you want to eat it rare, but you also want to you want to get to the perfect point where that fat sort of melts into the meat. So right. it's it's a balancing act. It's, you don't want to overcook Wagyu because well, I mean you don't want to overcook any meat. Right. But um wagyu is yeah, Wagyu wants to stay pretty uh yeah, medium rare so it renders the fat and then I guess hot and fast cooking.
1: Right. Not so good that one, but I'll get that. There. Okay, last question on that before we move over on. Um, I found it interesting, I I had a conversation, I've had loads of these conversations where people don't really know where their meat comes from. But sometimes people really don't know. Like, I I eat oxtail a lot and a lot of people eat, eat oxtail and I think they, for some reason, they can't connect oxtail as what it is. It's literally in the name. And then when you explain to them it is actually what you think it is, it freaks them out. Like some people like literally like if it's not packaged Mm. by Woolworths in styrofoam or whatever, you know, like they want it covered because then it's not a dead animal; it's just meat. It's it's that thing. It came from somewhere else. It doesn't matter. It wasn't alive at any point. Yeah. Like, do you find it like that? Some people do actually come in when you start explaining it. Anything like that, this is where the cut comes. Then they actually start pulling back and they're like, oh, I didn't really want to know that.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So like, you know, in what you're saying now, um, carcass and kill and Mm. like, it's they're triggering words because they're harsh. But I mean,
1: like. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you said that. But also like shin, you know, like you say it, then it, it adds to that.
2: Point. Yeah, it's visual. Iron, it's visceral.
1: Iron steak. Because you have a shin, so you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, when you
0: think about that, it's much, like, it's much different a, to it's, sirloin. It's the same as well, eating like, iron steak.
1: Yeah, like iron, iron steak, exactly. flat iron. Like yeah. oh yeah, flat, flat iron. You like oh the iron must be the grill, yeah. <laughs> and it's hot. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I'm cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's, it's it's a grilling method. Denver steak, John yeah, Denver. Denver. But they don't really yeah. want to know where it comes from. Yeah. So like beef cheeks. Freaks me out.
2: Well, you see, so this is is exactly my point. It's like eating a pork head or eating eating a eating a beef cheek is no different to eating a rump, it's it's part of the animal. But it's almost like you have now, you have to deal with the fact that you're looking this thing in the face and eating it. I Mm. don't know what the difference is, but there's a difference to people. Mm. I mean, one of the most delicious thing you can make is a fromage de tête where you cook the pork head down and you strip it down and you make, you basically it's called head cheese. That's mm. literally the name. Mm.
0: I am freaking out on the inside. <laughs> no problem. I can see <laughs> your skin use crawling. He's like, like a pressure washer to <laughs> step it down. <laughs> yeah.
2: or? Um, but it's phenomenal. It's like a terrine that you make out of the head. And all you use is gel- gelatin from the head. And it's beautiful. But it freaks people out. Yeah. And and you wonder why. And I, you can understand why. I mean, there's eyeballs and things. And we're not asking you to use those things. But it's engaging with it. So that's exactly why at Woodstock we have um, cutouts in the butchery room, you can yeah. see all the way back in yeah. cutouts in the carcass room, so you can see what you're eating. And there's but so many what... people who walk past and go like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to see that." Yeah. yeah. Don't you guys have like a retail, like a burger
1: shop now? Like yeah, they have one yeah. at Egg in. Um... what's it?
0: Did... Thomas, show us your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> <Is it laughs> show us the t-shirt.
1: It's again. on the <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Somebody read it. It's Franky's not there. It says
1: Frankie's Burgers. Oh, okay. He's lying. It, on there. it does. <laughs> So Frankie Burgers has uh, one at egg in um, what? Cavendish. Cavendish. and then you also uh, have a dark kitchen technically for deliveries. Dark kitchen. Uh, so they do deliveries and then um, also at House Machines sit down and eat. Um Yes, Woodstock, you can actually makes go you to guys... the you can go to Woodstock on Fridays for burgers.
0: Okay. Yeah. But that makes you guys like the only good food place in Cavendish I, like I can't every time I go to Cavendish I
2: can't us and Spur As, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, was a, I was like yeah we have to so. cross the road
0: for
1: that but yeah, yeah Spurs getting
0: way too much airtime on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> just just flagging that
2: we're
1: gonna knock it we're we gonna try to get some money from that okay, I, I do wanna, I yeah. do want to wrap up the
0: conscious meat, merchant okay. 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 meat merchants. okay you back okay
1: Frankie
2: Fenner <laughs> Fen- <laughs> meat merchants
0: right
2: okay Frankie Fenner meat merchants it's going
0: well um so you've, you've, you've obviously said that when it comes to uh, consciously sourcing eating meat, it's about knowing where it's from, right? What are the other elements of, of conscious butchery? Is, it, is there a uh, method of, of, of butchery, like with, when it comes to halal, it's very specific about how you do it and all that kind of thing. Are there any other elements that make it conscious? Or is it more about, cool, I know it comes from there. It's not on a feedlot where they're given antibiotics every 10 seconds, like, like, what what separates the meat?
2: Um, so we just we do have, if it's confusing, we have uh, Frankie Fennel Meat merchants, and then we have Conscious Meat Merchants, which we opened up in February, which is a halal butchery and eatery based on a new concept in the waterfronts, uh, Makers Landing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but so it's all through the process. It's right from well, for us at least, it is. You basically have two criteria that we we. Select animals um, and farmers by, and that's that's what did the animal eat and how it was raised. Yeah. It's pretty simple. They choose really simple questions, but it's like a golden thread that you pull that you see and unveils a lot um, through living conditions, right from birth to living to slaughter. Um, you know how far is it transported to the abattoir? How is it slaughtered at the abattoir? Um, what is it eating? What is it? What is it? How? What is its life like? I mean it's expensive and inefficient to give animals lots of growth hormones or oh well, antibiotics because it means animals are sick so even the best feedlots are not necessarily putting in antibiotics because it's not they do routine stuff to protect but if you're feeding if you if you're injecting a sick animal with medicine it costs you money and reduces your margin so there are lots of bad places out there that that is a stopgap. but um yeah i think it's it, it's all the way through the supply chain To the point when it gets to us and then when it gets to us it's making sure that we are able to use every scrap we can Mm -hmm. celebrating that balancing it on our side and educating customers in terms of what are you eating today Mm -hmm. what are you gonna eat tomorrow eating a whole carcass and exactly celebrating the cuts so that people end up eating consciously and then choosing and choosing the right choices and 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 that goes for for everything on their plates basically
0: right cool
2: i actually got one quick follow-up question on that that relationship with the farmers as well Obviously being the butchery, do you feel like you as the butcher have influenced the farmers to just be better after 10 years of trading, do you think maybe the farmers that you've dealt with have maybe been good examples to other farmers to maybe have better ethics in the way that they raise their cattle and how they do their their part of the business? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think so. I mean, I think, well, as the world has become more aware and conscious, I think it's created a market that people actually realize that, you know, the corners being cut are not necessarily the best way to do things. And actually, I was listening to a great podcast on my way home the other day um, from the Knowledge Project. And- was,
1: it, uh, was it our podcast?
2: Yes, it was just the tip by Thomas. Awesome. Um, but it was why the founder and now chief CEO of Shake Shack um, Who's uh, their American fast food chain, and they basically basically created this burger place that was more expensive than everyone else. Mm. And from the start, they just said that this product is more expensive because it's using proper ingredients, sourced properly, animals raised properly, and it just costs more because that's what it is. And 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 they've you know now got a 300 stores across the world. Um, and I think that's a testament to where people's headspace is at. So, people wanting to sort of pay a little bit more to eat something that they just know a little bit more about. And I think farmers have realised that. And yeah, I think I think so much to nowadays is a story you tell, but I mean the story is quickly found out if you if you're cutting corners and bullshitting your way through it. So I think I think yeah, I think the market's grown, so it's definitely led more farmers to farm that way. But also, you know, in saying that. You can sit here and i can sit here and tell you these stories but we actually have protocols which we follow and we have guidelines and protocols where we are visited like six times a year by by auditors who come and check that we're what we're saying is true and what we're selling is true um and they do the same you know backwards to the farm so they are there are checks and balances in place but unfortunately as any industry there's a lot of a lot of bullshitting and a lot of yes a lot of lying but but yeah, I mean, we, to our detriment, sometimes just do the best we can. So,
1: okay, I'm going to ask you again: What is your favourite cut?
2: <laughs> Not rump.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, rump rump with a nice sauce on top. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs>
1: mushroom
0: sauce. Uh, yeah, mushroom pepper pepper sauce.
1: Yo, Jim,
0: either yeah, either or. I'll take I'll take whatever either. Whatever the taste of the original meat. Yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> <laughs> it's that spur
1: upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>